Hello again and welcome to the Jazz Violin Podcast. This is episode three and today we're talking to Scott Tixier. Um, apologies for my French, French pronunciation. It's uh, pretty bad, but uh, I hope I've got that name across. Uh, Scott Tixier. Um, he is a New York-based jazz violinist. He's French. Um, we caught up in London when... Uh, Scott was over playing two nights at Ronnie Scott's um, and we managed to find a really small window of time when both of us were free uh, to record the interview um, We it, it's a bit rushed um, so it's only, it's only half an hour but uh, it's a really great interview and I really enjoyed chatting with Scott the, uh, the only, only downside as well is that uh, we're in the hotel lobby and you occasionally hear guys uh sort of on their on their phones uh sort of doing business deals in the background but uh other than that it's really great interview it's really nice to hang out scott's a really great guy scott is a as i said he's based in new york um he, the list of people he has played with is pretty amazing he's uh played with people like kenny barron um he's got chris potter on his most recent album um, and then he's done a lot. He does lots of. He does, he's done and has done a lot of um, stuff with like some really high-end sort of pop artists like Stevie Wonder, John Legend, Ed Sheeran. Um, the list goes on and on. Um, anyway, Scott's a really nice guy, and we had a great chat. Um, hope you enjoy. How was the gig last night? Uh, it was fine, it was great. Yeah, it was good. We had a good time. Yeah. Packed packed house. Was it full, sold out? Yeah, sold out. Ah, cool. Both set. Wicked. Two <laughs> sets. And then same tonight? Uh, I don't know, we'll find out. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> right, let's go from, let's start from the start. How did you start playing? Violin? Just yeah, how do you start playing music? Um, um I started uh, when I was like um, five years old. Yeah by classical music and okay. it was very um, very interesting because I wanted to be a classical musician. Ah, oh, did you? When you were five? Yeah. Okay. I wanted to be... Uh, I listened to the Mondeson Concerto. Yeah. And I wanted to to be that, that, that person who plays the violin. Yeah. Because I loved the, the, the sounds and the, everything it made to me, you know, like the emotions. Yeah. So I was going for this, you know, at the beginning. Right. So that when you were, that was when you were five. Yeah, okay. at the conservatory in, uh, near Paris. Okay. Um, what conservatory was that? Uh, it's called. It's a very small conservatory. It was at Ronis Soubois okay. near Paris. Yeah. Like in the in the banlieue. Okay. So you started you started playing classical music, and then how was it that you found uh, jazz? Um, when I was about like thirteen years old. Um, I, I think I'm. A, I listened to Stefan Grappelli. Okay. And uh, I was really into it. Mm -hmm. And later, like a few months later, I met um, Florin Nicolescu. Okay. Who's a great uh, yeah, yeah. violinist from Romania. Mm -hmm. And I had a master class with him. Mm -hmm. Then uh, start. How was that master class? Was it good? It's great. Uh, he used my violin. Took mm -hmm. my violin and played with Pierre Lee, my grand and yeah, yeah. And it was uh, it was great. It was like 
I started like really getting into into it, yeah. practicing a lot. You know? Yeah. And then uh, discovered other, other guys, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, who, who else? Uh, like uh, musicians. Yeah. Um, John Coltrane at yeah, yeah. the time, John Anderson, mm -hmm. Dexter Gordon. Yeah. Uh, I was really into Hank Mobley. Yeah. And uh, Lester Young. Yeah. Um, I would dig Michael um, Tyner and yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people. You know? yeah, yeah. And uh, also Jean Luc Ponty. I met yeah. Jean Luc Ponty when I was like 14 years old. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've spoke to John Luc about oh. trying to do this. Oh, yeah. And we nearly had it last time he came to London, oh, nice. but it didn't, didn't happen. Um, okay, so what you met? You met Jean Luc? Yeah, when I was 14. Mm -hmm. uh, that Paris. must be great. Yeah. Especially when you're 14. That must have been real, really. Yeah, I asked him like. Um, Questions and we stay in touch until today. You know, yeah, it really yeah. has been a good, uh, good. Um, I would say like mentor, yeah, friend, mentor and uh, inspiration, yeah, in many ways. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, he, he recommended recommended me to to move to to New York. You know, when right. I was nineteen. Okay. So I did the move thanks mm -hmm. to him. Yeah. So you've been there how long now? Ten uh, years. Uh, twelve years. I'm going on my twelve years. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you said that you listened to lots of uh, like non-violinists. Yeah, that's a true. Lot of, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, do you find that? I know I do. Um, <laughs> I find that taking something from like a sax player and putting it on the violin can be really hard. But also really good. Do you find, do you find it difficult? Um, yeah, I mean, it depends what sax what saxophonist. But um, I think it's more about the voice mm -hmm. because the voice of the many saxophone player more than violin player. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why um, yeah, we yeah. get influenced by them because yeah. there are so many. But um, if you look at piano player or even like uh, trumpet player or. Yeah. Uh, other instruments, like yeah. guitarists, or there's al also experiences there. So I think um, it's just a matter of not, uh, of the percentage of uh, saxophone player in, on yeah. the scene, and also some of the biggest figures that yeah, change yeah. the shape of, of music, like uh, Charlie Parker or yeah. John Coltrane. Yeah, happen to be saxophone player, but yeah, Bill Evans yeah. too change yeah, yeah. the piano and uh, the harmony. Yeah. So someone's got. Something loud going on in the background. <laughs> um, we're doing this interview secretly because the hotel are. Speak easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak easy interview. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were a bit funny about us doing it, but I don't think they're going to notice. So you, yeah, so I just what I just know is that I um, spend a bit of time sort of transcribing Charlie Parker, and I can som I sometimes find those these things that come up that are just really difficult. You know, you they, they, they oh, yeah. don't you know you. I find that I've always got to pick and choose. Some things are going to work and some things don't. I don't know if you ever find that. Some things don't work and you have to transpose in different keys or different um, uh, octaves. Yeah. Because, especially when you transcribe tenor saxophone. Yeah. But uh, sometimes you happen to transcribe like um, other instruments that it's too high for violin. Yeah. And I mean, it's never too high for violin, but it's, it's not comfortable to play. Yeah, you can yeah. play it, but it's not uh, the best. Yeah. And yeah. so. Yeah, you have to make some adjustment, but you know that Charlie Parker was transcribing um, violin, violinist, like mm -hmm. classical violinist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it goes both ways. No? Yeah, yeah. We don't know that, but uh, Charlie Parker was uh, really digging the violin concerto. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, the Brahms concerto. So, all those things, I've heard a lot of saxophone players, they want to sound like violinists. Mm -hmm. They always tell me, like, uh, 
have my friend, uh, his name is Dinah Stevens. Okay. He's a great saxophone player. He told me once, uh, oh man, I wish I could do glisten though, like, like you do. Oh really? So, you yeah, know, yeah. I think it's a, a real bad voice, like developing yeah. your own voice and, and then you find uh, ways to uh, gather ideas from uh, other players. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, it's not an, an obsession for me anymore. It used to be an obsession. It's trying not. to sound, yeah, try to, to sound like a saxophone player, but I'm trying to sound like like me. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, the things like uh, sometimes I'm inf influenced by saxophonists, but sometimes I could be influenced by other violin player now. Yeah. And I'm trying to to get more into the uh, the music in general and mm -hmm. not look at the instrument too much. Yeah. And then uh, there's the technique too, but so it's like a, yeah. it's a difficult like um, balance that you yeah. have to find. That is true, mm -hmm. especially if you're trying to work on technique and then and then the rest of the time trying to forget about it being violin. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, other things I was gonna. Well, I guess what would be cool. To, what What was your sort of process for when you first started learning it to improvise? Like, do you remember when you were when you were first, like, say, you were first trying to learn a jazz song? How did you How did you go about it? Mm, I don't really remember the first time I tried to learn a jazz song, but I remember some of the first songs I learned. Mm -hmm. So I just remember that I was uh, really um, focusing on the um, on the changes more than the, mm -hmm. the actual melody. Mm -hmm. the actual, it was just a pretext. Yeah. An excuse to improvise. So yeah. I was focusing on changes and uh, on the solo parts. Yeah. But uh, now I'm trying to focus more on the on the big picture, like uh, uh -huh. the sound, the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, also, if there's no lyrics, if it's a modern song, song, I'm gonna focus on the melody and uh, yeah. the composing part. Are it's mm -hmm. shaped mm -hmm. and the solo. It's less an obsession, maybe, like yeah. for the changes. I don't know. It's okay. like you change. Everybody changes over time, so yeah. It's I, know. I am right now. Maybe. I don't know if you understand like what I'm talking about. Yeah, probably, you probably do. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. Totally. It's kind of weird. It's like abstract, but uh, yeah. I started learning love songs when I was like mm -hmm. 15, 14, mm -hmm. and a lot of Charlie Parker songs and mm -hmm. and bebop songs. And yeah, and also some uh, jazz standards, like mm -hmm. more like traditional from the swing area. area yeah. Or, yeah. But um, I I learned also like modern tunes. Mm -hmm. There's a, when I learn a new song, usually I, now I focus on um, memorizing the the song, try to make it my own. Mm -hmm. Focus on uh, on developing uh, some routine exercise yeah, yeah. on the on the song. Okay. You yeah. Know, so to to make it like more like um, like you know in part of me. You know. Yeah, yeah, basically. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think? So. I don't know if you notice, but a lot of violinists tend to stick to like traditional jazz and to like swing or gypsy jazz, especially in Paris, in France. Yeah, um, or in London too, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how you sort of don't? Is that right? You, no. I don't, but I, I still do sometimes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not my main thing, though. No. Yeah, but how? Why do you think? Well. Why do you think violinists do that? Why is it? I, I don't know. You yeah. have to ask me. Okay, I love it. So <laughs> when I was in Paris, I used to do that, but um, I just I, I just can't. 
I get bored if you I do bored. the same thing all the time. And if everybody else does the same thing, mm-hmm. it's another excuse for me to do something else. Mm-hmm. Because I just can't be in the middle of a group and do the same thing as anyone else. It's just my personality. I, mm-hmm. I like to be on my own, yeah. to be on my own path. Yeah, so yeah. when I was in Paris, I was playing gypsy jazz, and everybody else was playing that. Yeah. Everybody wanted to play a certain style. Yeah. And I did the style I did it with some of the, the greatest musicians yeah. like yeah. Uh, for this style I learned from them mm-hmm. uh, and I hang out, uh, hung out with them mm-hmm. and it was great you know, it's yeah. a great, great moment but um, I uh, really wanted to de- and I want to develop my, my own path my own voice mm-hmm. so I try to explore some of the music and this other violin player did doing the same thing. You know, like yeah, Jean-Luc Ponty yeah. did that a yeah, yeah. long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And there's some, many others. You know. yeah, yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm trying to, to be able to play uh, what I have, uh, what I hear, what I have uh, with my influences and, yeah, yeah. and tr- not try to stick to just style. You know. yeah, yeah. Even though I really like Gypsy Jazz you know, and I can play it, but. Um, it's yeah. not something that I would feel like um, uh, totally satisfied if I, I, yeah, I just yeah. do one thing. I like to also compose m- my music and do play different styles of music. You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, if, yeah, I imagine if most of your influences are playing. Also, it's really easy to play for violin. I have to say, gypsy jazz is it's made for for this instrument. Yeah. You know? so it's like it's almost like the classic of. Uh, of jazz for violin, you know, so yeah, you can yeah. you can really play it with basic knowledge. You yeah. don't even know need to know a lot a lot to play gypsy jazz on the yeah. violin. You just need to have a good sense of time, yeah. and probably a good intonation. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes not even a good intonation, but uh, <laughs> you just probably have to have a sense of time. Yeah. And you don't need to know the changes to play gypsy jazz like most of the time. And uh, so. Do you reckon? I don't yeah. know if I agree with that. I think um, that there's a lot of violinists maybe don't, but I think to make it sound good. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like to get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Yeah, get to, you can play by here like easily. Is what I mean. People get like, away with it a lot yeah, exactly. more than gypsy jazz. You're not going to. So that's why there's like so many vampire staying yeah. in that style because uh, it's very accessible. Yeah. But when you you get to more modern stuff or, or different style of, of music, improvised music, yeah. it's more uh, demanding for the violinist yeah. because you have to really actually put some uh, some like different uh, work into yeah. it. So maybe. There's less people there because it's less uh, attractive and less easy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's yeah. just because it's uh, it's not it doesn't sound as good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I do. So. I do. No, I agree with you. I think that it is. I think it feels like if you you can step into a into the gypsy jazz world and, and probably get gigs from just yeah just. Even if you don't know the changes, because people are just like, oh, violinist, great, you know. Oh, yeah. And then it's, yeah, so I guess it breeds. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, the only thing I do find is with gypsy jazz and stuff like that, it's always a lot more of a sort of acoustic form and it works a lot better for the violin, because violin is really hard to. Amplify. That's one thing I've always found really hard is play, yeah, amplify, amplification. As soon as you amplify, you're using a pickup. It's different, you know. You're like you're sort of playing a different. It feels like you're playing like a different instrument, for me anyway. Because what what do you use? What do you um, use? I use Shetler right now. Ah, yeah, I use Shetler as well. For um, for sure enough, for, fair <laughs> enough. It's a yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is good. <laughs> um, but I find that I have to play differently if I use 
yeah, the shirt there. And then if I'm, or if I'm just playing into a microphone, you know, or if I'm just playing with yeah, it's no a, microphone. It's know? a, it's something I'm, I'm gonna do in my course. I'm, I'm, I just like um, joined the UNT University of North Texas. Oh, I'm cool. gonna be a professor for jazz writing. Nice. One of my courses is gonna be on amplification and. Because it's something I've been working on for yeah. years, and uh, it's really important like, to know um, some of the basics of yeah. e equalization yeah. and uh, pickups and mm -hmm. uh, microphone and yeah. DPA and things. So the thing is, like, when you use a, it's true when you use a, a pickup mm -hmm. or if you play acoustic, mm -hmm. you're gonna have a different approach, different, different technique, different phrasing yeah. sometimes, and different ideas because yeah, yeah. that not natural. Like you get you get inspired by the sound of I get, you're, I totally you're producing, agree. so you're gonna play in a different way. No, yeah. but, um, the thing is, like you have to try to uh, it's what I try, I try to do to adapt to mm -hmm. those different situations. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I also find some way to make my my sound really acoustic, even with a pickup. You know? Yeah. But in order to do that, you need to uh, to be in an acoustic setting with yeah. other musicians around you that are also playing in the volume or acoustic instruments yeah, yeah. that is good for the violin. Yeah. As soon as you're gonna play with a drum drummer and an electric keyboard or electric guitarist or any yeah, kind man. of a saxophone player um, or trumpet, you're gonna have to use a pickup to be able to or, yeah. or microphone to be able to sound yeah, yeah. Um, to be able to play fairly because if you if you play like acoustic at this moment, you're gonna have to push yeah. on the on the bow, and you know that's not going to be very real. Uh, yeah. Where you're gonna play? You know? You're gonna play like forced uh, yeah, in yeah. a way. So it could be good for kind of certain certain music. If um, yeah. the violin is more like an accompanying instrument yeah, or yeah. in the background, yeah, yeah. then it's fine. But yeah. if the violin is part of um, uh, of a solo or yeah. part of um, a front instrument, front line, yeah. you you need to. To, to have an amplification uh, yeah. to be able to be uh, yeah. relaxed and play in a way that you play when you play acoustic music. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a big, big, it's a big question. Yeah. I find I think like you know if like Didier Lockwood and Jean Luc Ponty oh, yeah. they like mastered that. I feel they like especially I don't know. Yeah, I'd say Didier he's mastered that amazing way of playing really like really fast. Like, like, but with I don't know, he like with a pickup, and yeah. it's it's like a, it's like its own thing. Yeah, uh, Didier was using a Shetler too, and um, he, he, it's true that he, he he was really good at what he had many years to develop his, uh, his sound like this with a, a pickup, yeah. very electroacoustic sound, uh, sometimes yeah. very acoustic but still amplified. Yeah, and he he, he was playing most of the time amplified, you no, know? mm -hmm. and uh, he didn't he didn't sound. Too much sometimes. But sometimes yeah. If you li listen to some older recordings of him, the sound the sound was very different. And yeah. Um, so you can see also the influence. He was really influenced by uh, Johnny Ponty yeah, yeah. for the sound. Yeah. And yeah, those guys were really like. Uh, I, I just recently did a show with Jean Luc. Um, oh yeah. In in New York, we, he invited me to play um, with his band from mm -hmm. the 70s, and we did a soundtrack. And uh, so the way he was like. Um, uh, like doing the amplification and yeah. uh, the sound check, it was really interesting to see. Yeah, it, he has an engineer traveling traveling with him all the time, sure, yeah. and he knows exactly how to make the, the violin sound yeah. uh, perfect. Like, and even though he has that, he's always 
concern and worry about artists on the best as possible. So yeah, yeah. he's still working about in his is like in the seventies and uh, mid seventies and yeah, and he's still he's he's still like on. Um, uh, researching yeah. to get the best sound because it's always it's difficult. difficult yeah, yeah. He's, he's, even he's, at seventy years old, you know. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think it's and years of rock, rock, you know, years of yeah. stage and things. Like that, so. Yeah, <laughs> I found if I've, if I've heard like recordings of either of either Didier or um, Jean Luc Jean Luc playing acoustic, they actually sort of sound now like they're playing with their pick up yeah they, they have, have the same sound yeah. yeah it's crazy that's true it's, it's what I uh, Pat Metheny yeah. guitar player was saying something like this he said he, he used to be really worried about his sound and wanted to travel with his uh, gears like mm-hmm. always the yeah. same amp the same preamp yeah. the same engineer because he didn't want to uh, have a different sound yeah. but then recently he, 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 he couldn't do that because of some technical issues and yeah. he had to use different amp, different guitar yeah. and he looked back at the video that was made by a fan and yeah. he was surprised that he sounded exactly the same. Exactly the same. So he was like, um, wow, maybe I was yeah. too OCD about this. Yeah. Maybe and I in should. fact, uh, the, the sound that you produce, it's mostly maybe like 80% from your technique and your approach on the instrument itself. Yeah. So the, the, the 20% remaining is it's, it's the amplification and, the, and the, um, the gear you use, but then also the people don't hear the 20% necessarily. And even you, it, on, on the, at the moment on stage, you can hear it probably it's too harsh, too high, too yeah. thing. It kind of block you to improvise freely, yeah. you know, sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think amplification can really make a difference to how you play. Definitely. Yeah, recently I was in a, on tour in the West Indies and we didn't have a sound engineer and the, the gears were really, really bad and I, I stopped playing and it was very, very high pitch and mm-hmm. very difficult to play. Yeah. And uh, it it's instantly. It, yeah, it was really hard for me to, to feel happy, yeah. you know. I instantly can yeah. upset, you know. Yeah, it happens to me a lot. <laughs> it does happen to me a lot. What time are we on? Oh, yeah, I have a few minutes left. I have a few minutes left. I'm like, I'm here, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about, what do I think about? It'd be interesting, I know we, we, we um, we, have, we sort of spoke about it at the beginning, your sort of beginnings, but you've got a musical brother. Oh, he yeah. plays jazz, right? You play yeah, he's, with him. A, he's my twin. And, uh, so that must have had a big uh, influence yeah, on your yeah, we, we, jazz playing. Yeah, yeah we, we practice when we are like um, 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 when we are like about um, 13, 14, we are pra- practicing together all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, so I imagine he he would have he would have you know been listening to stuff you know like lots of. Oh, sorry, we've got a, we've got a guy near us, don't we? It's all part of it, though. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's good. We're, you can hear. Well. Yeah, yeah, I can hear. Actually, that I think I think you can hear most of us. Yeah, I can imagine that must have been a big part of your musical. Yeah, that's true. He really, it was really into. Um, um, yeah, it's very funny. It was really, it was really into Herbie Hancock and okay, yeah, and Kenny Kaufland yeah. uh, at a young age, and uh, yeah. he checked uh, Bill Evans too. Yeah. So he, he taught me a lot about the changes and um, mm-hmm. harmonization and yeah. uh, comping, like yeah. um, uh, voice leading, all yeah. those things. Tony, my twin, was like really into it, and yeah. I was I was in different. I was more into Bapoli at the time, so okay, it was yeah. good for to have. It was kind of my teacher, you know. I said, we are teaching each other. That's great. That when we were kids. Great, yeah. yeah, it was great. We are fighting us all. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, brothers, twin brothers. Yeah. Especially when we were young. Like yeah. 
doing the same thing with the same music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like a I lot of like uh, tension. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. somebody was doing things and uh, I couldn't play maybe or he couldn't yeah. play. Yeah. Yeah, get frustrated. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? It's bad enough if you don't even do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Doing the same thing. But did you both did you both move to New York around the same time? No, I moved to New York in uh, 2007, something, mm. and he moved yeah, to New York like four years ago. Okay. And then he, he he moved to LA like yeah. um, a year ago or something. Yeah, so, I don't, so he doesn't live in New York anymore. Okay. okay. He lives in Los Angeles. Right. Right. Okay. He's a genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know. Yeah. There's yeah. no, some nice stuff about him. I don't know about genius because I think genius is a, it's overused word, but he's a, he's a really good, good musician. Yeah. Great. You think that's an overused word? Why do yeah. you think that? I don't know because uh, people today, like in, this, in our society, they just want to be to be shiny, you know. Yeah. They want to be like on the front, and uh, we say we we say, oh, you're amazing, I love you. Yeah. We use those words like love you, you're genius, uh, you're my brother. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. they don't they lost uh, kind of a, a real sense of it because it's overused and it's used superficially, and people just uh, say that as a as a gimmick almost. So, um, I think I know what you mean. I think it's. I, a, I agree with you, man. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. So, we're like I, that. I understand like positive energy. It's nice <laughs> to be nice and friendly yeah. to each other. Yeah, yeah. But uh, sometimes we get into into it and we forget about the sense of it. And I met I met maybe like uh, uh, one genius in my life. Like uh, I mean, yeah. like yeah, uh, a few. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jean-Luc Ponty for me for me is a genius, no, yeah. for sure. When you look at his story and you look at uh, I change the. the Violin, like yeah. the instruments of yeah. all around the world and influence yeah. of the entire planet with his uh, with yeah. his uh, music, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually uh, underrated, I think. Yeah, and, I, I uh, agree with you. Because he's still alive, he's still here. He's a legend. He's yeah, a yeah. living legend, yeah. you know. And I think it should it should be like everywhere, like yeah. taking like in every festivals every year yeah. right now, you know. So. I think I think I think he, the style he does just isn't popular at the moment. I know it's not a, sometimes it's not really about the popular popularity for me because I think as a in the history of music people yeah. we are like um, we are have a festival we are booking agents we are that are um, uh, producers music yeah. uh, fans yeah. they, they should know if yeah. they do their research yeah. and if they are, because it's not about style of being popular I think it's about his story right now we're yeah. talking about and I'm sure in uh, in 20 years from now we'll be like looking at it like wow it's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. like oh, in 50 years from now I don't know yeah, like, yeah. Like, but I, I do I do know the guys like uh, is a part of music history and not only for jazz for violin which is yeah, even exactly big, bigger yeah yeah <laughs> I'm trying to like use it, make a little so we can still hear. Is that going to work? Yeah, we have a sense for age 1, 20, 17, so we can... No, I can still hear him. There's a guy talking about business over there. Super boring. But anyway, okay. I agree with you about what you say when you talk about people saying, you know, being fake and being, oh, man, I love you, man, that stuff. I agree with you. I think that's in the UK. <laughs> that's... The, that's we're not like that. Oh, yeah? No, <laughs> no, no. There's not as much. It's really in America. Then. Well, you find a lot of it in... <laughs> don't say that, man. You find a lot of it on... What I do find is you find a lot of it online. So people talk... Not talk, but they type it. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're happy to say it. There's all this stuff on 
social media, people are happy to be faking that, but no one's like, people aren't like that in sort of real life, I, I find, in the UK. I find most of it does come from social media. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's strange. Time we on. How are you doing? Yeah, I have to. You gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go then. Yeah, I gotta go. Well, this has been fun. Did you have any last questions? No? Any last questions? What strings do you use? Oh, <laughs> nice. So I use um, I used to use every string possible. It's changing over time. Yeah. And recently I just uh, found out that I like dominance. Did I went you? back yeah. to, the, to a basic. Did you? Dominance with a E got broke out. Uh, very cheap, the cheapest E string you can find and doesn't whistle. Yeah. It's perfect. It's the one uh, Yasha iFets was using. Is it? A long time ago. And it's, it's called gold broke out yeah. uh, E string, just like regular medium uh, loop end. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think two dollar of a string, like wow. for a string. It's I bought like ten of them like two years uh, two, two days ago. Right. And the for dominant I just use a dominant with a silver D. Uh huh. Yeah. And they are good. They they don't last for long. Yeah. yeah. But they are as, uh, affordable. The good things like you can find them anywhere yeah, yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah totally. Dominant so when you're on tour and you have a broken string, you yeah. can keep your own set. But when I was using the fancy strings like Visions or yeah. even like the Eva Pierce, I don't know, like yeah, 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 Pierce yeah. Uh, I don't know how to say yeah. it, but that. Uh, all, those, all those things are fine, but they're expensive yeah. and they're not really reliable actually. And, yeah. and they don't work that well with amplification anyway. Ah, you reckon? So the, the dominant is a good, um, yeah. it's a good really like for me. I was using dominance yeah. for ages, but I recently got back to Obligato. Oh yeah, Obligato, yes. It's but they're bad. expensive. Depends on what violin you have, I think. I've got quite, yeah. my, quite, quite a, I've not got the thickest sound in violin and it helps it. It helps it, I think. It's yeah, good. brings, brings the, the yeah. dogs out. Yeah, yeah. What's your, what is your violin? Uh, it's a Colin Maison. Yeah. From okay. 1889. Oh, right. French. Oh, yeah. Is it a real Colin Maison? Yeah. Maison, right. From the, from the Favre. Right. Favre. Right. It's really good. It's good. Really old, really mm. good, really, really like, um, it works really well with amplification yeah. and acoustically, so I think it's a, it's a good, because I tried a lot of violins and sometimes very expensive ones, yeah. very expensive, like crazy yeah, expensive, yeah. and um, they sound they sounded good uh, acoustic, but as soon as you put a pickup or a microphone, yeah. it was really hard to amplify them without feedback or even like having this harsh. Yeah. Uh, um, high pitch sounds yeah. because they are too clear, too bright. Yeah, but yeah, it is really yeah. warm. It has a warm and You've a, got a warm vibe. Yeah, right. and very like soft, kind of. I mean, still some projection. Okay, yeah. And your bow? What you, My what bow is uh, Emil Miquel from France from 1910. Yeah. Uh, very light bow. I think yeah. it's about 56 gram. Right. It's really light, and most of my friends they say that it's too light for me. I can't play that. How do you yeah. play that? It's like impossible. Yeah. It's true. It's really hard to play classical music with it, especially if you play like slow bow, because right. the bow is so light. But you're gonna you're gonna check check. <laughs> you'll yeah. be like shaking if you if right. you if you play uh, with okay, it like yeah. long tone. Okay. But when you play fast lines and you yeah, amplified, it really works well. Mm. But I'm, I'm gonna buy a new bow like next next month. A okay. bit like a German one, right. a bit like heavier. Yeah. So I can use it for more for recording orchestra for orchestra recordings because yeah. I do some you orchestra do work. Yeah, I yeah. do a lot of um, yeah, yeah. commercial TV yeah, and uh, films yeah. uh, scoring. Right. Where I, sometimes I compose, but sometimes I just play just in the orchestra. Yeah. And I find myself like using different bows. Sometimes yeah, it's better. Yeah. For for the group sound, you know. Sure. To blend. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So how long have we done? We've done we've done half an hour. That's all right. That's decent. All right, man. Thank Thanks very much. You. Thank you so much. It was a yeah. pleasure to, to be with you. I'm glad. Here. I'm glad. It was good. That's it. 
Thanks very much for listening to the Jazz Violin Podcast. Um, we've been talking to Scott Tixier. Um, my name's Matt Holborn. Uh, next month, we are going to be chatting with Christian Van Hemert. Um, he, uh, we actually already did an interview, but, uh, well, we did it over Skype. And uh, um, Christian had some uh, technical issues on his side. So uh, we're going to have to do another one. Um, we're going to be, but that'll be, yeah, that'll be next month, I think. So thank you very, very much. Um, please uh, keep listening and subscribe as well. That'd be really great. On, uh, wherever you're at, we're everywhere, I think. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, loads of places on YouTube as well. But it'd be great if you subscribed because um, then you can. Uh, you can uh, you can hear all the episodes okay thanks very much bye